0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Kick off NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Join today. Get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed. All you got to do is place your first $5 bet. Sign up with promo code 2400 to get in on the action and then you can turn game day into payday. All season long. And the best part, take that 150 in free bets. There's big games every weekend, ones you'll have big opinions on, and you can get on your way. Play your way. Bet on more than just the final score. Wager on everything, from touchdowns to total yards to catches. You name it. FanDuel's got more markets than anybody. You can even combine your bets for a chance of a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. Don't fumble your chance to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, with promo code 2400. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 and up in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued non withdrawable. Free bets that expire in 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms. Sportsbook.Fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit Fanduel.com forward slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org forward slash chat in Connecticut one eight hundred nine with it in Indiana one 770 stop in Louisiana one 8 hope ny or text HOPE-NY 467 in New York, Tennessee Red Line one eight hundred eight eight nine nine seven eight nine 889 9789 in Tennessee one eight hundred five two two forty seven hundred 522 4700 in Wyoming
2: or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. It's time for the opening, the, the, the opening drive unfortunately i I tend to agree with you you do tend to you do paint kind of a bleak picture uh and it doesn't have to be that bad but i but i do think this i came out of sunday night's loss to green bay and they ran for 203 rushing yards a week after the 49ers gouged the bears defense for 176 yards on the ground and and i'm not trying to be like uh, I, i just looked at it this way the defensive line has replaced the offensive line as not only the biggest source of concern to me, maybe your weakest spot, but also one of those position groups that can limit the progress of your quarterback as much as any position group can. And you have the protection issues you worry about with your offensive line, which goes without saying, but what we saw against the Packers was what we may see too often this season. The defense can't get off the field. So the opposing team in offense is going to control the ball and control the clock. So when the Bears do get the ball, they're never going to be able to have the luxury of letting Justin Fields get into a rhythm, build the confidence, shake off whatever rust or the attention to – he's very mechanical at times, didn't seem real comfortable. So they're not going to have the ball long enough, I fear, at times for him to get comfortable. So I came out of the game against the Packers after seeing what they did to their defensive front ran all over him with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon thinking it's going to be a long year, but mostly because the defensive line is further away from being Respectable than the offensive lineups.
3: Well, some pats on the back for us for our three keys segment from late last week previewing this game and and basically forecasting that the Packers were going to run the ball and they were going to dare the Bears to stop the run. Even with the greatest one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the sport, they knew they could get rolling if they established Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon early. And they did. Aaron Jones had another worldly night, I think 170 yards from scrimmage and and two touchdowns. And obviously the Packers as a team averaged 5.3 yards per carry on the ground. That is going to kill you every week, particularly when it results in 203 rushing yards for the opponent. The defensive line is an issue. But you and I have been in agreement since really the spring that the best football player on this roster wears the, the 58 jersey and is seeking a new contract, and his name is Roquan Smith, and he did not make an impact in a game that called for him to make an impact. So get your alarm bells out and say, what is wrong there, right? When is Roquan Smith going to be the superstar that he's tried to tell us that he deserves to be paid like? And so that, for me, is is, is troublesome, because if you're going to close the gap on superior teams in this league, particularly with the roster you have now, your stars need to to be stars. Your standouts need to be standouts. Your go-to guys need to be go-to guys. The Bears had way too many moments last night where none of those things happened, and you see the results. They lose by 17 points in primetime on the NBC stage.
2: I said facetiously on the radio that Roquan Smith led the Bears in catches Sunday <laughs> night because of the way that he caught A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones so often. He was going backward. That's the wrong direction. Dan, I also want to mention this while we're talking about defensive concerns, and that's a that's a good one because it starts with Roquan based on everything he means to this team and franchise. I think, I think Kyler Gordon took a step backward. And I wonder about the lasting impact of that. Is he a young and, you know, inexperienced and foolish and not, he won't remember what uh, he, happened to him at Lambeau field and he'll bounce back or be young and, and unproven and inexperienced. And that's going to leave a mark confidence wise. And he's going to have a difficult time recovering. He didn't tackle well. He was out of position a couple of times. He gambled and lost and he gave up inside position too easily for a guy who should know better, but he'll learn I just wonder about the step that represented for Kyler Gordon.
3: Well, when you put a, a rookie corner in the slot, right, and you dare him on the NFL level to be part of a big part of your run support, he's going to be tested, right. And there are moments where you say, "Boy, he's got a lot to learn about uh, just fitting properly and, and being aggressive and being able to to help the run defense get guys on the ground." I don't have many concerns about Kyler's confidence. I think he's very sturdy in that regard, a very self-confident kid by nature, and I think he'll bounce back really quickly from this. I also so applaud Matt Eberflus for making acknowledgments well before the season started that the best path to having some of your young draft picks become future standouts and stars for you is to get them experience quickly, right, and early and to let them take their lumps and to see how they handle them and bounce back from them. And so I think they understand that this is a necessary part of the growing process. And, and so they're willing to take those. And Matt sort of referenced it again on Monday that, that he knows this, right? Like that he understands that it's going to be ugly. Sometimes it's going to hurt sometimes for these young players to be exposed the way they are. But if you've drafted the right guys and you know what they're made of mentally, it's ultimately going to be a catalyst for their long-term development. And so I think in the case of, of Kyler Gordon, this is all great experience that should help him down the road. He just got to make sure that, that one, you know, choppy week doesn't become two doesn't become three and and, and take those lessons and, and move forward as quickly as possible
2: we've got a whole segment devoted to the quarterback guys so don't worry we will get to Justin Fields but a couple other points I'm going to get to Dan before asking you about your observations of being in the locker room at Lambeau number one I felt like the offensive tackles had a rough night uh in game two Braxton Jones and Larry Borm not quite sure how how kind of a grip they have on either starting role let's see what happens with that i felt like the pass rush is is emerging as a strength of this team just because you're seeing another guy in travis gibson get a couple sacks following dominic robinson's strong performance and robert quinn certainly was active uh and you have to get some production out of your top playmakers your talent if you will the way matt Eberflus referred to him but cole Komet And Darna Mooney just have to be bigger factors in a passing game that was non-existent. That looked like we were watching college football or, dare I say, high school football um, at times because of how limited and unsophisticated the Bears passing game appeared.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
3: 48 net passing yards, right, on a, on a night that was 73 degrees and, and perfect for football, right? And that's this is 2022 in the NFL. Tua Tagovailoa threw for 199 yards in the fourth quarter. For the dolphin, the bears. Wow. I think the bears have 155 net passing yards for for the two games that they've played. Right, like so, the, you got some catch up to play in that regard, and I think it just exposes some. I, I, maybe distrust is too strong of a word, but it's certainly not that far off of where their passing game is and now I think it's it, there's a task here in trying to figure out what is it about the passing attack that they're not confident in is it they don't think that they can block it properly do they think that their young quarterback doesn't have the necessary poise to, to make plays when there are plays to be made do they not have enough receivers uh, and and playmakers to, to to get it unlocked but these are things that, that Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze and the entire staff have to figure out quickly this week because you cannot go two consecutive weeks without uh, your starting Quarterback reaching ten completions in a game, David. It's crazy to look at these numbers, and this is coming off a, a, a Matt Nagy era where offensive frustration was the weekly norm.
2: What were your observations? What was it like being in the locker room? How would you describe the post-game scene? You know, whether it's from the coaching staff, or how they handled it, and Matt Eberflus or players who you know got their first taste of the rivalry in, in many cases
3: as opposed to a lot of previous visits into that visiting locker room at Lambeau Field that come later in the season where where a lot of times the the punch that the Packers land is the, is the knockout blow. And you go in there and you say, Oh man, that dude's on the canvas and the mouthpiece is spit out and, and, and there's blood <laughs> spilling from the nose. Right. This was more like a, between- the one that rematch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. This was more like a between <laughs> rounds. You know, you got the, you got the bucket out, you got the water, you're spraying it and you see, uh, you know, a cut above the eye and you realize that this team is going to have to steady itself and sturdy itself and figure out ways to, to get itself right mentally in order to be right physically going forward, I think that there's probably a misperception amongst fans and hopefully not within the locker room that this team's got some gimme wins on their schedule. This team has zero gimme wins on the schedule. The Houston Texans coming to Soldier Field on Sunday is not a gimme win for this Chicago Bears football team. The faster that the Bears that coach and play for this team this year realize that, the better off they're going to be because they have to be sharp Every single day, whether it's practice, whether it's meetings, whether it's film review, whether it's on game day to compete with anyone in this league. And so I think that's the biggest thing coming out of the locker room Sunday night is hoping that they have the realization of understanding where they are and where they need to go to be the team that they want to be.
2: My final thought before we give out game balls regards the, the special teams and kicking game. I've got to think. That there's somebody on that roster that is capable of distinguishing himself as a return man, as a dangerous guy to go deep, as somebody who you fear when they go back deep and not because you're afraid they're going to drop the ball or muff a punt. Where is that explosiveness? There's got to be someone on the roster. I know Bayless Jones is injured with a hammy, but come on, there's got to be somebody that's going to give you... Uh, a little bit of a burst because that was very disappointing
3: well you just said it right it's valus jones not playing yet for the chicago bears two weeks in they they used the third round draft pick on him because they thought he could be a weapon for them offensively and they certainly thought he could help them on special teams in the return game and this hamstring injury that has lingered and lingered and lingered and he gets out for a wednesday practice as a limited participant and then he can't go the next two days because of whatever happened in that practice this is all concerning and you know i i i highlighted him as, as the potential most disappointing player on this roster a couple weeks ago for, for this very reason, because we're getting to the end of September and we haven't seen him on the football field for a single play yet. Right. And he only played one of the three preseason games. And so that's where it is. That's where the pop is. It's in street clothes, right? It's in it's in a, a sweatsuit over uh, over on the bench right now. And uh, eventually they've got to get some some, uh, I don't know, a heating pad, a massage gun, whatever it is to get that hamstring into shape so that Velas can can actually play and be out on the field on game nights.
2: All right, let's start to give out our game balls. Let's bring in Adam for that. Adam Studzinski studs. You can give away your first game ball and see who do you think was worthy of a game ball after a 27-10 loss where there weren't a lot of positives, but there were some.
4: So... I thought I thought uh, I went back and forth on this a couple times and I, I'm going to go with a guy that I, I picked in the preseason to, to have a uh, to to have a comeback kind of year. And that's Eddie Jackson. I think Eddie Jackson is maybe the only guy in the defense that had a, a decent to good game. You guys you guys mentioned how bad Roquan was It seemed like he was on skates. Eddie Jackson was, I think, fourth on the team in tackles. He had nine total tackles last night and really didn't get targeted much in in, in the passing game. I thought he was. Pretty good. And if you're going to look at the defense and say, okay, who on the defense had a good game? I think Eddie Jackson did. I didn't see him as a tackle. He was in there being aggressive. You don't want your free safety to be fourth on your team in tackles. That's not a good sign. That shows how 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 far down the field the Packers running backs were getting before they were making contact with anyone on the Bears defense. But I think Eddie Jackson had a good game. And it's a little outside the box. I think that I think the best player on the field for the Bears was David Montgomery, who I'm sure will get some, a game ball from someone. And if he doesn't, <laughs> then I'll come back in and give it to him because he deserves one.
2: You know, I want to say this about Eddie Jackson. He had an interview with Jeff Joniak. They put it on the team's website, mm-hmm. and they aired it on Fox before the game. And I think all of us – and maybe, Dan, I don't want to speak for you – but I think a lot of us did, didn't realize the, the personal tragedy he was dealing with the last two seasons – the loss of his friend and then the way he described it he was open with this the miscarriage of of two children uh, that his wife went through and they went through as a couple and when you start to realize how critical some of us have been on Eddie Jackson the football player the last two seasons when he was really bad I mean I I had one of those moments where you felt like really regret or bad about it because of what he was going through as a person as a husband as a father and as a friend and I just think that him being able to overcome and, and just go endure that stuff, living a public life in Chicago as he does and dealing with the kind of criticism from guys like us. I, I really want to rethink how, um, you know, view what he's doing. Not, not that everybody out there isn't dealing with some, but something, but I think what, you know, you want to have some empathy and respect for what he has gone through. So I'm pulling Freddie Jackson this year. That's a good call studs.
3: Well, now he gets a, uh, a take the North game ball for his mantle, right? Which is, is what a lot of these players <laughs> a lot of these players in this locker room are, are driving towards every day. It's the hits principle and it's the take the North game, the game ball that's in the back of their mind. So
2: <laughs> I got to get that in the budget. OK, <laughs> all right. So back to football, I- I'll go to with um, Travis Gibson. I will give my game ball to Travis Gibson. I think that I even said last week one of these uh, into one of these microphones that Travis Gibson felt should feel challenged by Dominic Robinson's emergence, and maybe that competition will bring out the best in him because, like, hey, yeah, I'm still here. I was supposed to be the guy having the breakout year with Khalil Mack out in L.A. And you know, Travis Gibson came to play Sunday night at Lambeau. Two sacks, hard to block. I know they were compromised at offensive tackle, but he still got to the quarterback.
3: Travis Gibson is a good dude and he's a hard worker and he's one of these guys that the more you get to know him, you understand that he takes advantage of every single day he has here. I think he's been very forward uh, over the last couple of years of really taking advantage of the idea first with Khalil Mack and then obviously with Robert Quinn of learning from those guys and understanding that there are little things he can take every single day that help him develop as a football player. He has developed. This is another day three pick along with Dominique Robinson. If you can find starting caliber pass rushers on day three of the draft and develop, them. That really accelerates your path back to being relevant again. So that's a great pick because he played last night like he wanted Aaron Rodgers in his grasp every single time he took a nap, and that's a big step forward. Studs, I'm going to let you off the hook from coming back in, and I'm going to give my game ball to David Montgomery because 15 carries, 122 yards, the way he ran last night was angry. Again, there was just passion oozing from him. Uh, every time he took the football, you know he knew what his stat line was from week one, 26 yards on 17 carries, and he was determined to flip those numbers around a little bit. So to see him get going was a big, big deal. Uh, Kudos to him for having the night that he had, and hopefully that carries forward for for everyone's sake uh, in this building because when David Montgomery's playing like that, it becomes uh, contagious really quickly.
2: And kudos to the coaching staff. Matt Eberford talked about on Monday the recognition that they needed to get him the ball more and to highlight some of their talent in his words. And I think that was a good sign because he is – potentially their most versatile and valuable offensive player if they can't throw the ball down the field.
3: Yeah. I mean, no doubt about it. Right. And and like eventually, you know, in Matt's words, like you've got to find and we have, have spent years here saying, when are the bears going to commit to the run? When are they going to commit to the run? And here we are saying, oh my God, are they ever going to throw a pass again? Right. Like they drive 90 yards down the field uh, in that fourth quarter without completing a pass. The, only the bears, David could, could have 103 rushing yards on a possession and come away scoreless.
2: <laughs> I just wonder how will David Montgomery look in the wishbone formation that they're going to trot out against Texans? <laughs>
3: yeah yeah we'll see right like let's see what uh, what luke gets his troubleshooting process is you you've taken him off the honeymoon you've given him some chores to do and part of it is developing a wishbone now
2: all that means is like he snores now right when the honeymoon's <laughs> over that just means you can tell your spouse that that she snores or he snores or whatever see all i right.
3: said i wasn't going to go down that path know, because yeah. you got
2: a lot you got a lot of bad material i did see
3: some
0: of it this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news